and one of my purposes is really to educate and uplift our community. So if you don't want to pay it forward to the man, right, the capitalists, the people that are trying to make profit, support your community, support your local business, people that are really trying to make something for themselves. Hey, Mesearchers, you're listening to the Mesearch Podcast, and we're your hosts. My name is Dustin Domingo. And I am Crystal Tugatti. Crystal Tugatti! (laughs) On this show, we have critical, messy, and fun conversations with each other, with friends, and with leaders in the community. And together, we'll unpack important issues, learn, and unlearn what we think we know about what it means to be Filipino. And today, we're talking about money... We're talking about money. Money, money, money. And how money shows up in our community. So here to talk about this topic with us is John Wong. Welcome, John Wong. Uh, applause, Glad applause. to be here. Yeah, absolutely. John is the founder of Layari Financial, a financial planning firm based in Southern California and named after his two daughters, Aria and Layla. Did I get the name right? Aria and Layla, that's right. Cool, cool, cool. Aww. That's so cute. Shout out, shout outs. Shout, shout outs out to, to Aria them. and Layla. <laughs> <laughs> and the wifey, because it was Mother's Day yesterday. So shout out to, it was. to your partner. Yes, your... her name is Johanna. And we are actually expecting our third in October. Oh, oh my God. Woo-hoo. As a Filipino American History Month. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Let's get into it. So we're talking about money. And so the first question I want to ask everyone in the room, in the Zoom Mm -hmm. room, Mm -hmm. is what Mm -hmm. did financial literacy look like in your own film household? Mm. Let's start with Dustin. Oh, man. (laughs) Money was a very, gosh... I don't want to say it was taboo because I feel like we talked about it a lot, but I still don't feel like I had enough financial literacy. Like I had financial directives. Like my parents were always like, you need to do such and such with your money. But it was never with the context of why we had to do such things. Like my mom was always like, you need to, uh, you can't be spending your money willy nilly you have to save your money. You have to save 50% of what you bring in and you're not allowed to touch it. And I was, there was never like a why. So I always like felt, um, I always felt a little bit bitter about money management because it was, I never had the why behind the financial Mm. directives, but I did get some good advice. Like saving a huge chunk of your income is actually a very smart thing to do. But I, I didn't, get to put the puzzle pieces together in my brain until much later. So that's how it showed up for me in my life when I was growing up. So what about you guys? Um, So for me, I uh, didn't have any financial literacy. <laughs> it was, it was really like, um, you know, money is something that my mom had <laughs> that mm. I had to ask for. I will say I did understand a little bit of what it means to save because going back to Nintendo in third grade I saved up my allowance to buy a Super Nintendo 
And that was my first big purchase. <laughs> <laughs> you bought yourself a um, Super Nintendo? I sure did. I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. And I knew my mom wasn't going to buy it. So I saved up all my allowance and bought a Super Nintendo. I'm sure, looking back now, I'm sure my mom and my my titas and titos and my grandma and grandpa who lived with us was like, ah, we'll just tell her it's X amount and probably pay the rest i'm just assuming i really don't know what happened but that's what i felt because i can't even imagine myself as a third grader saving that much money uh with the little allowance that i had um but yeah it was just my mom telling me that i needed to save and that was really it it wasn't even like a specific amount like you dustin like put away 50 mm-hmm. percent. like it was just like you have to save and like it was in mm. a very like you better save. But I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it was very and... much like a scare. You're, it was like scare tactics. and Not even scare tactics, but it was like, my pers- my perception was like, oh, you're not allowed to spend money. Like, it's dangerous to yeah. spend money. That was my that was my takeaway from my experience as a child oh dealing gosh. with like financial yeah. management. Yeah, there was like a danger. It's like, you have to save or else. But then it's like, I don't know what that means. And like, I also don't know what it means to like, have income and allocate it with like, food. A budge. A budget. Yeah, to have a budget. So it's like, I would just like blow my money because if my mom wasn't going to give me money, I'm just going to work at the movie theater and make my money and spend it frivolously. <laughs> and um, my mom was like, why aren't you saving? Oh, see, so you don't have any money. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what that means. So I'm just going <laughs> to just not listen to you and not save. <laughs> because that was usually the, the common denominator of mean, uh, and my behavior, not listening. So that, I mean, that that really is the extent of what my financial literacy was in my household. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing. So, John, <laughs> you? <laughs> no, I, I completely resonate with you, Crystal. Uh, my dad is the was a mechanic for the U.S. Post Office, so he was fixing the car- mail carrier cars. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom raising three kids. And we didn't have much. And so they didn't really money talking about money was kind of a taboo for sure. Like it was kind of an uncomfortable situation. They didn't really educate us on what money can do for us or what it should be doing for us. Right. Mm-hmm. But from growing up with them, um, all we could do as kids is observe really And so a few things that stuck into my mouth looking at this question was coupons. Mm. Mm. My mom was extremely like savvy when it comes to saving money. So all of the things, because raising three kids off of one income, it's really hard. Right. Even now, right? How can you even do that right now? (laughs) Yeah. You know, Um, a water jug, a big five gallon water jug was like in my parents' room and there's a bunch of coins in it. And so I always see it continuing to pile up with coins. I was like, what's that for? 
And they're like, oh, we're saving for a rainy day. I was like, what does that even mean? Now I, I know, like when I first, when I got my first job, I worked at Finish Line, the, the shoe store. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got a, an addiction to shoes after working there. <laughs> hey, yeah. And I was buying shoes left and right every single paycheck, right? Uh-huh. But my mom said, you know, save it, save it, save it. Just like you, Crystal. And I was like, what for? Until I got in a car accident, <laughs> oh, right? No. On a rainy day, actually. Oh, on my a gosh. rainy day. How poetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was rainy. And I and I literally backed into a car. Oh. Right? And if I haven't listened to my mom about savings, then where would that money come from to pay for that accident? Mm-hmm. You know? So that was the extent of financial literacy i guess in my household was just a safe for a rainy day literally dang why do you all think that um our families and it's interesting three different filipino american households all pretty much had similar-ish uh financial literacy um or kinds of financial literacy in her house, which is like very little to none. <laughs> and it's very basic, like just save. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's such a taboo to talk about money in our in our uh, culture? I feel like it's kind of like a status thing, mm. maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe because our parents didn't learn anything from their parents, our grandparents. Right. Right. So it's kind of a trickle down effect. And it's nothing to blame about them. They just didn't know or they didn't know that there was resources out there to help them get more educated about money management and different topics about credit cards and balancing a checkbook and buying a house and whatever it is, mm-hmm. buying a car. You know, it's just the literacy is not there. Right. Right. I think it's interesting also in at least like in the state of California like because we grew up here with the education system I don't really remember that much in school like I don't really remember much financial literacy in the curriculum and perhaps there was an expectation that that sort of thing is taught in the home but I feel like this is a sort of thing that should be like a public education peace and like i think when i think of my parents like my mom in particular i feel like she's super good with money like i feel like she's really smart when it comes with when it comes to money management but it's like the act of teaching your children (laughs) like that's a different skill managing your money and like imparting the importance and the rationale behind why it is important to be frugal like that's a completely different thing and i think like looping it back into being Filipino sometimes. Well, I don't want to speak for y'all's parents, but my perception of my parents is that being immigrants in this country and growing up in poverty, they're just trying to make it. They're just trying to do the actions necessary to survive and make it to the next day. And they don't necessarily have the time to be teaching other people how to survive because they're just focusing on bare minimum. How do I get to the next day? Let me not bog other people down with the why when I can just tell you to do 
Like I, I've said this before yeah. in the podcast. Like my mom always says, like don't do as, don't nec- don't <laughs> do as I say, do as I do, or don't do as I do, do as I say. And I think yeah. it's it was it's a joke <laughs> because it's like she is telling me very specifically what is necessary, but like there's always been a disconnect of like reasons behind why to do things. It's always like. She knows what's best because she does know how to manage money in that in this example. But it's like it's like teaching a child how and why to do something, especially when it comes to frugality and surviving for a rainy day or like saving for a rainy day. That's like a completely different thing. Anywho, two cents. No, I agree with you, Dustin. Dustin, that's they were really they came here as immigrants to survive. Mm -hmm. That's it. They weren't really thinking about saving for college or trying to get their kids to have another mindset about money because they were really just trying to provide at that moment. Right. And so us as the third generation, the next generation, you know, now it's our job to pass down whatever we learned to our kids. Cause we want, we want to do that. We want to teach them the why now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. just don't want to give them the fish. We want to teach them how to fish. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yes. a very applicable metaphor in this case. <laughs> how do you feel, John? Such a dad. How do you feel... <laughs> You're such a dad. <laughs> such a dad, John. <laughs> like it's, yeah. It seems that um, financial literacy has evolved from generation to generation. Can you speak more about how, from your observations or from your personal experience, how you've seen financial literacy or like education with like children, how that has evolved from generation to generation. And just in terms of financial literacy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember my parents giving me an allowance um, for doing some work. Now I'm teaching my kids. I will give them some type of monetary reward to have them educate themselves instead of actually doing physical labor mm. or hey. work. Mm-hmm. So I would say, Hey, if you want this, whatever it is, new toy, you have to read these amount of books, right? Mm-hmm. So still passing on, um, you know, the carrot, I guess, or the goal, but also educating them why it's important to, give back to yourself first to get that reward yes give back to yourself first to get the reward i love that because in my mind because you know capitalism (laughs) it's like you do things for someone and not think about yourself you're just trying to get the money and that's it and I think that is such a valuable lesson that you're teaching your kids, John, that uh, pay yourself first, take care of yourself first, and like the money will then come and follow. Because it's so easy to just like sell yourself to the system and sell yourself to like someone else and just blindly take the money and not live uh, a holistic, full life in your career. Um, so I think that is so beautiful and so lovely that you're teaching your kids that it's really, 
really, really great. It, you know, it makes me think of, um, do y'all remember Book It from back in the day? Book It? That's familiar. Book It th- from Pizza Hut. What is, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Read hey, your books. we made the connection. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> pizza for reading books. Hey, same thing. Oh my yes. God. I love that. You know? But it's like not just Pizza Hut. It's like they're getting some money from dad. <laughs> and then they can, you know, they could get pizza or uh, a toy. Is there a toy that they're yeah. really feeling right now? Or like they're, they're oh, like. My girls are definitely get... into Disney princesses. So they're all about the dresses right now. Aw, cute. Yeah, they dress up every day for sure. Is that what they spend Love their it. allowance on? Like what do, what do they do with their allowance? Well, right now, my daughter, my, my eldest daughter, Aria, she's four and a half, and we are going to Disney World in two weeks, <gasps> Florida. Wow. Ooh. We are. We are. And so every time she gets coins or whatever, she puts it in the piggy bank. And I ask her, what, this, what is it for? Oh, my new Disney dress for our trip. Okay, oh so she's God. planning. Four and a half already. Four yes. and a half. And she's saving for something that is in the future, right? It, so our generation is more about instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Get the money, yeah. spend it. Get the money, spend it. She already has that mindset about if I want something really important to me, I have to do this and this. It's going to take a longer amount of time, but it's worth it. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Dad of the year. Dad, Dad of, of the year. year. <laughs> <laughs> Dad of the year. You get a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this whole thing is about, you know, money psychology, the right mindset, the money mindset, changing your perspectives about money. Yeah, I have a, I used to have a very icky feeling about money and like what it means to have it and to spend it and to save it. Like it's, it's never fun to save, <laughs> you know, it's never that fun to save it's always a lot more fun to just spend. Um, and it is that instant gratification. And I'm, you know, I've had to teach myself that you just got to chill. <laughs> you just got to chill. And I need to have a like a, a better mindset like your daughter. I wish I had that kind of mindset that your daughter has when I was younger. Or even like at 16 when I got my first job. Or 15. 15? 16? When I got my first job. Because it's like the second that I had it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have money now. Um, what can I do with it? I'm going to go get <laughs> pasta. <laughs> I'm going to buy a cool shirt. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's really cool. Um, do you feel like um, talking about money just generally is a hard thing? Um, for Filipinos, like you mentioned that it is about status. So is there a way, is there a, a, a different perspective when it comes to just like generally talking about money and what it means in our families, in our Filipino American or Filipino, I guess, yeah, Filipino American families right now? I think the more we are honest with ourselves and understanding what's important to us our true values Mm -hmm. and just focusing on what's important your financial goals instead of other people's financial goals because filipinos were known for chismis talking Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. gossiping. Mm -hmm. Who has the latest bag? Who has the nicest car? Who has the best <laughs> house? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, always. It's a it's a lot of thing. It's a lot of hearsay and comparing and all those judgment and all that stuff. Right. The more that we can be honest with ourselves and understand what's important to us and not compare, the better off we're going to be financially. Stick to the plan, you know, plan out, plan it out and work the plan. Sitting in your seat as like a certified financial planner, what do we as Filipino Americans need to know or like put into action when it comes to managing our money today? Look, man, money is a tool, a, a tool to get us what we want. So writing down on a piece of paper what you want and then prioritizing what you want. This is the most important. I want to buy a house. That's the most important thing. Well, why is that important to you? So as we continue to get just deeper and deeper about the importance, values, again, money, and because money is just going to help us get there. And the more you understand um, your true values, you can use money as a tool to get to it. But it all depends on how important it is for you to get that thing. Mm. I love that. I love that you're sharing that money is a tool. And, you know, I've heard that before, but I don't think that's something that's um, that's been really drilled into my brain but to to see it as a tool versus a value because i think yeah in our families in our filipino families money is a value mm -hmm. versus a tool mm -hmm. and it's um so when you place money as value and cousin a has x amount and cousin b has x amount it's like your value depending on which cousin you are, will severely drop. And it's it's embarrassing and it sucks and it doesn't feel good. It's like, and then you're shamed and it's like, oh, well, why didn't you, you choose this profession? I'm like, well, you know what? I'm an artist, so what can you do? You know, and it sucks and it, it's isolating as well. Um, especially when you haven't chosen the prescribed path. So I really feel that, that lesson and that seeing money is a tool and it really frees you up and goes back to like this idea of like, oh, well, what do you want to spend it on? Like, and your daughter yeah. and like putting it away and, right. and, and really finding the value <laughs> mm -hmm. of the, of the, the things that you're aspiring to and the things that you dream of versus like. I am just my money. Yeah. Everyone values different things, right? And so your money should help you get to the different things. And you shouldn't, I mean, do you do you. Just come, don't compare yourself to other people and stay in your lane. And whatever you feel that's important or you value it, put your money towards that. Cool. Um, I have a, I have a, um, a fun question for you. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, always bring it on. So um, here on Me Search, a lot of us are decolonizing, which means that 
a lot of us are also trying to reimagine reimagine a world that isn't centered in capitalism. So what are some ways for someone who is anti-capitalist to be financially secure? And what are some ways that people can invest in that way? Because it's investing is also a completely different thing and a thing that I was never even taught about. I didn't know about investing until maybe my mid-20s, to be honest. Like, I didn't... I know people did stocks and stuff, but I never thought that was for me. I didn't know about, like, Roth RIAs until Dustin told me about it last season. (laughs) (laughs) You know, things like that. I, I didn't... I know that there was, like, retirement and, you know, your 401k or your... 40400 pick your number I don't even know what I have um <laughs> I can't remember what I have um all the confusing jargon absolutely so, yeah is is there any um any methods that could be anti-capitalist something that is aligned with decolonization where folks can save invest and not feel like they're um feeding into the system I feel, and I do this all the time, uh, and one of my purposes is really to educate and uplift our community. Uh-huh. So if you don't want to pay it forward to the man, right, the capitalists, the people that are trying to make profit, support your community, support your local business, people mm-hmm. that are really trying to make uh-huh. something for themselves, right? Go to the yeah. farmer's markets. If your friend opens a business, help support that, right? Yes. Instead of buying big box, you know? Um, one of the things I, I mean, this app I really love is offer up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard yeah. of it, but buying secondhand, yeah. you know, I don't for buy sure. brand new. Like my motto is I'm not paying retail for anything. Mm. I'm not paying retail for it. I don't want to pay tax. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy something secondhand, you know, yeah. if it's a year old or whatever, I'm going to get 50% off. I mean, that's saving money in itself you're paying 50% less than what you were supposed to pay. That's very, that's perfect. I feel like that was a a perfect response because I was struggling to think about how is it possible to participate in the system that we have going for us in the U.S., like make the money we need to make to survive, but still like unlearn and break the ways in which we were brought up to serve a system that oppresses us. And I think it's, it didn't occur to me, but you said it very well, you know, like engage in the small businesses uh, and, you know, put money back into the community that you're living in. That's like, that's so well said. And I, I, it didn't occur to me that that was like the way to do it. Cause this is a very nuanced thing, but that was very simple and very well said. So thank you for, thank you for yeah, saying. I that. strongly believe in it. I mean, I, I do not want to continue to support the, you know, the bigger companies to get more profitable. Mm-hmm. What are they going to be doing for us? They're not doing anything for us. Yeah. They're going to make us work <laughs> overtime for nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the writer's strike right now. It's like, mm-hmm. These writers, we watch, we watch them on streaming, we watch their shows, and 
you know, they're making only 30 grand and you have CEOs with all the yachts. Horrible. You know, and it's like, man, they won you an Emmy with their writing. Seriously. (laughs) You know, so it's like, man. Um, But yeah, yeah, I I just, I, uh, when I think of saving, I don't think immediately of like, when I spend, um, not getting things at retail or, um, like when it happens, it's like, oh, yay, I saved. But like thinking ahead of it and being like, I want to save in this way by not spending as much and also in this anti-capitalist way, giving back to the community is so huge. And I really love that you've imparted that wisdom on us, Jonathan. It's just absolutely yes. So thank <laughs> yeah, you for I mean, that. Our generation is more of a sharing community now, right? Yeah. There's yeah. Uber, there's Airbnb. Everyone is, we, we don't really want to make huge profits. We want to share yes. in the good things, you know? Yeah. We want everyone to win. Yes. Yes. Just the big person. Yes. Yes. Everyone deserves. If I win a little, if you win a little, if you little win, we all win. We all win. Everyone. Everyone. (laughs) Come on. You're a winner. You're You're a winner. winner. You're a winner. You're a winner. Don't we all want to sound like Oprah, just giving shit away and like everyone being happy? Yes. (laughs) Come on. I would love that. I would love to be the person to just like give people. All the shit they want. Yes. Yeah, that'd yeah. be amazing. Let's start. Let's Thanks, start. And let's bring the shit yeah. over. <laughs> let's uh, start <laughs> small and uh, buy things from our local businesses. Because <laughs> well, God knows I don't have any money <laughs> to buy every single person a car. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and with that, we are just about at time. So I want to say thank you for joining us, uh, John. Um, me searchers, remember to follow John. Uh, where, what's your social, John? Where do you want folks to get get at you? So website is layari l a y a r i dot co. Instagram is layari dot financial. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Both everything layari financial. Hit him up. He clearly has really great solutions to your fine financial questions. I literally learned so much in just a short moment of chit-chatting. So thank you, John, for imparting your wisdom on us, making money feel less scary and more inviting and more fun and less (laughs) (laughs) doom-filled. Y'all, give it up for John Wong! John Wong! Everybody, make sure you uh, be a me-searcher. Follow us at me-search Podcast. Check us out online at mesearchpodcast.com. And as always, we're going to get to the bottom of things. This is me-search, folks. 